song arise because it has so much spiritual implication to my life of what God has done for me. And anytime I hear that song in worship, it just stirs my spirit. I get excited about the things of God. I get excited about the life that He has given me. And on Easter Sunday morning, what couldn't find a better time to be able to play that worship song for to bring our minds back into perspective of just who the Lord is and what He has accomplished on the cross. Amen. Just looking out at our congregation, I think some people just need to shake off some things from this past week. Amen. Just, just shake it off right now in the name of Jesus. Let's just push it back out the door. Amen. We're here to worship the Lord this morning. Depression does not have a hold in our life. Amen. Thoughts kept being taken captive from this past week and things that we have maybe experienced health-wise, financial-wise, uh, things the enemy tries to orchestrate and allow to come into our life to push us down, because that's what he wants to do. He wants to suppress the child of God. Where we talk about the resurrection power, we're talking about coming out of the grave one Sunday morning, but we're chained to everything under the sun. When we come into the house of the Lord or, or we're to be the expression of the Lord, we got so many cords of bondage upon our life that we can't be the expression. Amen? Let's shake it off in the name of Jesus this morning because there is a sound that is to come from the earth. Amen? There's a sound that's to come from the church, from the bride that reaches the heavens. And we're going to talk about a sound this morning that touches the ear of God. And when the church comes into a place of authority and they can speak and that sound rises up to His ear, I believe you're going to see something happen across the globe, church. Before, before the Lord comes back, a revival that breaks forth, the church walking in the power and authority that Jesus over 2,000 years ago paid the price on the cross for you and me to release that power in and through our life. Amen? Jesus. That's what I'm praying for this morning. I'm praying for the Scripture to come in the full fruition of my life that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Jesus. Amen. We're going to be in Matthew 27 this morning. We're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture as we recount this morning the events that took place over 2,000 years ago. As our Lord and Savior is in Jerusalem, He just suffered a horrible beating. As we learned last week, that He was, he was scourged with a cat of nine tails to the point He was unrecognizable as a man. Jesus. He stood before a man that had the ability, Pontius Pilate had the ability to, re, to release Him and give Him His freedom, but Pilate had chose his own skin over Christ, just like many of us are guilty to do today. Oh, many times, oh, do we choose ourselves over Christ? Many times are we guilty as Pilate, where if we if we speak the things of God, if we are the expression of God, somebody might not like it. Somebody might think a little differently of us. Somebody might have something to say in the church. Amen. Amen. If we raise up and we start being the expression of God with that voice, my gosh, somebody may have something to say. 
And we learned that Jesus, he, he took all of that torment for you and me. He took it for Pilate. And he endured the process all the way to the cross. And he didn't stop at the cross. He endured it all the way through Saturday till Sunday morning, which is what we celebrate this morning of when he come to life. And he revealed himself to the disciples and to Mary in Matthew 28. But before we get there, I want to backtrack a little bit to the cross. And my Bible has a title, Jesus Dies on the Cross, starting in verse 45 of the New King James. And he says, now from the sixth hour, Matthew 27, 45. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness all over the land. Amen. Can you relate to that this morning? Does it look like darkness all over the land to you? Does it look like darkness, a cloud all over the church this morning, across the globe, over the house of the Lord, over God's people? He said that about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, best of my pronunciation, that is to say, he was saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who stood there when they heard that said, that this man is calling for Elijah. And then immediately one of them ran and took a sponge filled with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let's see if Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his, after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and that the things had happened, these things that had happened, they feared greatly saying, truly, this was the Son of God, Jesus as I was reading this this week, I had something that caught my eye that I had never seen before in this passage of Scripture, Jesus on the cross. You know, it says darkness was all over the face of the earth. As I look around and I read my Bible, I ask the Lord, Lord, help show me for today what this has for me. Show me where I am, where the church is, where we are in society in this passage of Scripture as He is always faithful and then show me the way out. Lord, show me where I am, show me where the world is, and then show me the pathway to the life that you intend to produce in that place of bondage and where that we find ourselves. And as I look around and it just seems you feel the darkness today, you can feel it in the atmosphere. Feel it as soon as you turn on the news, the radio station. You feel the darkness. What is darkness? It's absent light. Have you ever been in Mammoth Cave? Down there where they go down, they take you away down in the cavern and they turn the light out and it is so dark when the light goes out, you can feel it pressing in on you. It's like a suppression coming in. 
and it tries to push you down. The darkness is so thick. That's the type of darkness that had fallen over the land. And Jesus, when this darkness had come to its highest point, I believe as He was suffering in physical pain, the spiritual emotional pain as He was fully God, but He was fully man, He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How many times in our life have we found ourselves, even as a Christian, walking this life, this process of time, have we found ourselves crying out to God, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me in this place? Why have you allowed this affliction to come upon my life? Why, Lord, have you allowed this bondage and this hurt and this pain, Lord? And then in the midst of your crying, what happens to Jesus happens in many of the lives of a believer. In your deepest, darkest pain, when you're crying out to God, that word in the Greek, cried in that verse, it literally meant to be an emotional anguish. It meant to be pressed upon with such emotion that you uttered, he uttered a word that come from such a deep place of the soul, but it was a, it was a word that was able, able to be understood it was able to be received. And then instantly, what do the people around him do? Instead of offering him a helping hand, right? what do they do? They add to his affliction. They think, oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Ah, good, good, that's just where we want him. They stick that pole in that sour vinegar and they stick it up to his lips. And they, Here, suck on this. Here, take this, Jesus. This will, this will help. Knowing what it was. Knowing what it was going to do as soon as it hit his lips. How many people around you have you experienced in life and maybe even the church when you needed to help the most? What they give you is a sour sponge. You're crying in a deep, dark, emotional pain. And they're so blind that they can't even understand what you're going through because of spiritual blindness and darkness. And what do they do? They offer you a sponge of affliction to further the, to further the anguish. Jesus. Immediately, some were looking around and they said, yeah, well, let's see if this Elijah will come save him then. Some was talking, well, let's see if he pulls himself down off the cross. Now, let's see if he saves himself these priests are running around, these religious leaders in their fancy clothes. They got their little fancy shawl on, got their little prayer books and little scriptures on their head, and they're running around. Yeah, man, let me see. Maybe he'll pull himself down here to see if Jesus is really who he says he is. Come establish your kingdom. Could you imagine knowing who you are, knowing who, who he was, that he's the creator of the universe? He created them, brought them life, and now He was going through this great affliction for them to save their soul. They can't even see it. They're spitting on Him, hurling insults at Him. And it says, here's what caught my eye, what I want to focus on this morning, is Jesus, in this very moment, when He's at His breaking point, it says, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. You know what that word cried in the Greek meant in that particular passage? It meant literally 
that he cried out with a raven's piercing cry. He says, cried out loudly with, a, with an urgent scream or a shriek, using inarticulate shouts that express deep emotions. You go on down to the root word, it literally meant that it was such a place of anguish, that it was so deep, that it come from such a depth of pain, that there was no human understanding. There's not a word in the dictionary for the cry that Jesus let out. It's a, ah! How many of you feel the place of that breaking point in your own life? How many have become so frustrated in life? You've not only just cried out to God, my God, my God, why have you left me in this God-forsaken place around these God-forsaken people? Why have you allowed this burden to come upon me? And in the process, you got others that come up alongside and they're further in the chain in some way, maybe agging things on and antagonizing. And Jesus, here's something that's very interesting about this final cry. I call this the power cry. That's what the title of this message is this morning. Instantaneously, when the Spirit was vexed to the point of insanity, and Jesus cried out to the Father words that's inexpressible, that's, that's not able to be comprehended to the human mind. The veil was torn from top to bottom. And the power of God was released upon the earth. Jesus for you and me. He says that not only that, the earth quaked around them. The earth physically shook. He says the rocks were split open and graves were open. Church, do you know what that means for you and me? When we cry out that power, cry to the Lord, Ah! I can't take it anymore, God! Save me, Jesus! Instantaneously, the earth is going to shake around you. There's an atmospheric change because the things that you have stood your feet upon where your security lies is shaken down to nothing, to our knees. And he says, those hard places, those rocks in your life are going to split open. Jesus. I look at it as just like when Moses struck the rock and water come pouring out of that hard place. Water of life will come out of that place of bondage for you. The rock may still be in place, but it's broke up as a smaller fragment to give you the ability to make some moves and to shift those things out of your life. Have you ever built, been in the building trade where you're digging a foundation and they got big boulders? They have to break the rock in order for it to be manageable, for the people to be able to move the obstacle away from the possession of the desired outcome, what they're seeking to do. It's broke up into smaller fragments so they have the ability to be able to move it. God will do that for you right now. Your deepest, darkest pains, those afflictions in your life, whether it be drug addiction, whether it be financial crisis, whether it be lust issues, health issues, whatever it is, bitterness issues, unforgiveness issues, depression issues, whatever that it may be. If you come to that final place this morning and you cry out to the Lord with a holy cry, I can't do this anymore. 
without you. He will split those hard places in your life and the things that were once dead and looks like that they have been pushed down, whether it be spiritual death, things that maybe the enemy has covered up in your life because our minds get so wrapped up and fixated upon the temporal and he pushes us down in that grave, he suppresses us with the darkness, those graves will become a tomb of life. He will touch those dead places inside of your heart this morning, inside of your family. He will bring a passion to you, a compassion, first from himself to you and to you, from you to others. And you will come up out of that grave and those dead things in your life that were intended to drive you further into the ground, into depression, will walk the streets praising and giving glory to God. Jesus. You know, that's what He does for a believer. You know, it's, it's amazing to me of what the power of God does in the life of, some, of, of one that has called upon His name and has made that final cry, Lord, I give you my last breath. That's what Jesus was doing. He breathed out the last ounce of flesh that was in Him. And He breathed it out. And His next breath was the breath of life. Jesus, when we have exhausted every possible thing that we can conceive in our mind apart from Him, and we give it to God, and we wholeheartedly surrender, we submit our life to Jesus Christ, he will bring a life to you that's so foreign to the human world. They can't understand what in the world has happened to so-and-so. Don't you know who they are, where they've been, the things that's going on in their life? And here, they've got a smile on their face. They're praising God. Heck, they're inviting me to church. What in the world has happened? They have no reason to even praise anything. You know what's going that's what Jesus does for you and for me. Amen? You know what? He brought me from a life of addiction. He, he brought me from a life of so many things that I had attached to me in cords of bondage before I come to know the Lord. And when He has broken those chains, you see, the presence of the Lord, where the presence of the Lord is, there's freedom, church. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is no change. Jesus, that we may go through some time being sanctified in a process as we're coming into this life of Christ, but that the presence of God dwells in us, there is freedom, church. And there's a sound that comes from a freed man that's, that's unique that you won't hear from any other type of man in the world other than someone that's been touched by God. Jesus. And those things that were once trying to kill my life, as the Lord has broke them off, I drag them around now like a skeleton. My, my addictions and my drug addiction, oh no, I ain't letting it go. I smack it around like with authority and say, you know what, I'm going to put you in the closet here for me. You sit there and you shut up until I bring you back out to be a glory to God. And I open the door and bring us see, this is who I used to be. Jingle him around, jingle his bones around. Instead of him chasing me down, now I'm chasing him. Used to be scared to death of everything. 
The devil's just coming out from trees, ah, trying to scare you with, with fear tactics and this is going to happen, that's going to happen because I was going through things and God was trying to get a hold of my life. Now, instead of Him scaring me, I'm peeking around corners after Him. Yeah, yeah. I'm chasing Him down into a dark corner. Amen. He gives us the power, church. You say, this guy's crazy off his chain. Absolutely. As I've been released from the chain. Jesus to the world. And that's resurrection Sunday morning. Jesus is a cry coming from our spirit. Thank you, God. Jesus and His life comes and infiltrates ours for His purpose and plan. And in the very next stage that happens after this is Mary Magdalene at the tomb in chapter 28. And here she comes. And there's the tomb, but there's nobody in it. Jesus. There's two angels. Jesus is there in the account of John. And He says, He's speaking there. She's weeping, just bitterly weeping. And He speaks her name, Mary. She instantaneously, Scripture says, Rabboni, which is to say teacher, she knew the sound of His voice. You see, there was no other man or woman that could speak her name the same way Jesus did. And when Jesus has spoken to your heart, He says, my sheep hear my voice and my sheep will follow. When you've heard from the throne of God, there is no other voice in comparison. Jesus, she said her he said her name, Mary. I believe Jesus to be speaking to you this morning and calling out your name. Whatever it may be. Say, I'm right here. Now, I need you to do something in the spiritual to release this anguish and this bondage off from your life. And if you will cry out to me, and if you will produce the sound, I will give you the victory. Jesus, this is Victory Day, church. And I'm, I've been coming through, so we bear cross after cross. This isn't a one-time done experience. This is a lifetime experience, church. And for a believer... We carry cross after cross. Every cross we carry has a power cry. Every cross that you bear, there is a place that we have to come to in the spirit of the power cry where it goes from, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the bitterness of the world, the resentment, the things that people have maybe done and orchestrated in and through our life is let go. Jesus, and the ground is cleared, and we take that last breath, whatever it may sound like, that's going to be unable to be repeated, and it's going to be unable to be manipulated or reproduced by any other man. Not even yourself, because it's unique for this time now. And it's a holy cry to God Almighty that only He understands. Jesus. No more local Jesus.
that we're going to take a few minutes this morning and I'm going to ask for the church to make that final cry. May this be the day in your life that you are changed forever. If you've never known the Lord as your personal Savior, may today be the day that you cry and say that I have exhausted every possible way, Lord. I know and I believe you are the Son of God. See, because when the cry come from the earth, what happened next? The centurions believed in who he said he was. Because the cry come from the church. Jesus is the church. When the cry come, the world looked upon it and says, Oh my gosh, He is the Son of God. They will look and say, They are the church. Jesus is with them. The Holy Spirit is in them. Jesus, that's the cry He's looking for this morning, church. May we produce it from this physical body. May we take back captive the ground. May we take back the territories that has been forfeited all across the globe. Jesus, may His Spirit be poured out upon us in these last days where we receive visions, dreams. Jesus, where we see the gifts of the Spirit manifested in and through the church once again of tongues, interpretation of tongues, of prophecy, of miracles. Jesus, may we see those things in our very midst to point others to Christ. They say He is who He said He is. There is resurrection. May drug addicts be set free. May those that sit in depression this morning be set free. May those that's alcohol addiction be set free. Jesus, may those with lust and porn addictions be set free. With those with greed issues, be set free. With those with unforgiveness, unforgiving hearts, be set free this morning. Jesus, may when we leave this place, there be no grave left unturned in our hearts. May those stones be rolled away. Jesus, may His life be allowed to come in and infiltrate your marriage. May He come in and restructure the home once again of who's first and what's most important, which is Him. May we teach our wives, our children, our family what it means to be a Christian, what it means to call upon the name of the Lord. Reinhard Bonnke preached a message I heard. He talked to a man and the man told him, he said, Pastor Bonnke, I've been saved for years in the church. But you know, God saved me from my head to my waist. But from my waist down is hell. And Reinhard Bonnke looked at him and said, Sir, do you think when Jesus returns, He's going to come with a big saw and saw you in half and only take half of your body? He said, no. If you're living in hell, you need to submit your life to Jesus Christ today so your whole body be sanctified and purified before the Lord. Jesus, there is no half. We're not split. Split minds is a divided mind. The church is being called to a decision in these last days. Jesus, we're called to give it all, church. You may not be going through emotional, financial, economical pain, but maybe you're going through a spiritual pain. Maybe you're being divided between the spirit and the flesh. Maybe you're trying to figure out your purpose. 
Maybe you're in an anxiety and anguish and an unsettled spirit because we're still on the fence. And Jesus is saying, this cross has got to die. There's got to be the power cry or you will carry it for eternity. But when we release it to Jesus, there is a freedom that comes instantaneously. The Spirit of the Lord flood through your life, flood through our minds, flood through our physical bodies, our mouth, how we speak, our hands, of how we act and react, our feet, of the places that they take us because He establishes the ways of our goings, church. Jesus.